0: Hello listeners, I'm your host, Tanish, and welcome to the first of Go MMT Morecast. In this series, we have conversations all about things MMT, the brand journey, a sneak peek into their culture, what it's like to work there, and more. Our guest today needs no introduction. He's the man behind MMT and Deep Kalra. But let me tell you... A bit about him. Deep is the founder and chairman of India's leading online travel company, Make My Trip Limited. Deep is the co-chair of CII's National Committee on Tourism and Hospitality and vice chairman of World Travel and Tourism India Initiative. He's a founding member of IndiaTech.org, an industry body representing the interest of Indian digital companies. Deep is on the board of Thai NCR chapter and served as president from 2013 to 2016. He is also one of the founding members of Ashoka University and serves on the governing body and board. Deep serves on the board of GMDA, which is Gurgaon's Metropolitan Development Authority. A believer in citizens effort, he is a founding member of I am Gurgaon, an NGO focused on improving quality of life in Gurgaon. He's been recognized by Ernst & Young as the Entrepreneur of the Year, Business Transformation in the year 2011, and as the most powerful digital influencer in India by KPMG in 2012. Deep is passionate about sustainable tourism and has been championing this course through Make My Trip Foundation. He holds an MBA degree from IIM Ahmedabad and a bachelor's degree in Economics from St. Stephen's College. His interests includes swimming, yoga, adventure sports, quizzing, and traveling. And may I welcome my guest. Deep, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much,
1: Danish. That was a flattering introduction. And it, I'm very excited to be on this podcast.
0: Lovely. So let me take you back to your, say, about 20 years when it all started, where the office ceiling is low. You stretch your hand and you will right touch it. And that was 20 years back. What do you think that Make My Trip grew and the way it did? What, was, what were the, the genesis of it, the seed of it?
1: Yeah, clearly going back 20 years or close to when we got started, uh, we did go through a very, very tough time, maybe a year after starting because the dot-com bust hit India. We started in 2000. So 2001 was what I call the triple whammy. So dot-com bust hit India, which meant that nothing with dot-com associated with it was getting funded. In fact, so much so our investors wanted to take back their investment in the company. Mm-hmm. At the same point of time, as some of you will remember, but nine eleven, which really changed mm-hmm. the world from a travel point of view and definitely a perception of terror point of view forever. So for the longest time, people didn't want to get onto a plane, particularly in the U.S. And that's where our entire business was. Our entire business was, at that point of time, non-resident Indians flying cool. from or traveling from the U.S., coming back to India to meet their family, et cetera. And thirdly was the SARS epidemic, which interestingly is the mm. forefather of the COVID uh, virus. So interestingly, mm. the first SARS epidemic which largely impacted uh, far east, but then we had large proportion of our customers who actually flew over the Pacific, those from the west coast of US. So we mm-hmm. were impacted really badly. So we shrunk back, bought back, gave back the investment, whatever we could. Did a distress buyout of our investors. It was an entirely management-held company, and obviously, we had very, very little cash, so we had to shrink back in every way, cut a lot of costs. A lot of people left, so luckily, no layoffs then. We were a team of about 42, and overnight, we went to just about half that size. We shrunk to about 24, and and frankly, we cut all kinds of costs. I think what's really worked, if I just do a fast-forward to today, and if I was to really reflect on the reasons... I would say the first one over these two decades, and even if I break it up into two chapters, so the first chapter would take us to IPO in 2010, and -hmm. then another decade or so now. So Mm -hmm. I think a steadfast focus on customer, that has never gone. I'll Mm -hmm. give you a quick incident, like early on when we didn't have money, but let's say something went wrong with the customer's journey or the ticket or whatever, and these things do happen in travel because Mm -hmm. we are not, In charge of the entire process and they happen every now and then even then we would like to make it up now we didn't have cash to give and these tickets were typically about a thousand dollars one way but Mm. we would give coupons and we would tell people on your next ticket or next booking with us you'll get fifty dollars off so even when we didn't have cash in our pocket now thankfully we done well enough so the the focus on customer satisfaction customer delight Mm. i think has been unwavering and right Mm. from the top so i think that's Mm. important The second, and I think this is something which I tell all young entrepreneurs out there and even young career professionals, I think the most underrated quality is that of resilience. Mm. Too many people give up too early. I think resilience is, you know, one of the most important things, no matter what you're doing in life, just Mm. don't give up too early because many, many businesses, let's say young businesses, people saw the first winter. And it was maybe two years into the business and they said, oh, my God, what are we going to do? I can always get a good job, blah, blah, blah. And they pack up. Who Mm. knows what would have happened? And I know so many cases. Make My Trip is one of them. We could have Mm -hmm. backed up and sold between that 2001 to 2005 period. We were really in tough times. Mm. And we did get a couple of offers. And we actually went into that meeting saying if they reach a certain point and that certain kind of offer number at that point was a modest $10 million, we would have sold the company. Uh, I'm grateful that they didn't go beyond seven, seven and a half. I was (laughs) relieved that they didn't because I'd uh, spoken to my, you know, to co-founders at that time saying I'm going into this meeting because we were desperate. We had money Mm. only for one or two months didn't mm. want to, you know, get into a situation where we couldn't pay, make payroll or couldn't pay rent, etc. So I think resilience, which comes out of self-confidence, only if you have that, you have to have confidence in what you're doing, then you should be resilient because so what if you gave it another quarter or even mm. another mm. year? Mm. At least you would have tried everything and that means you will not have a regret. At mm. the same point of time, I think you've also got to be pragmatic. So hmm. you can't end up being dogmatic where you're not listening to the market. Like things have gone topsy-turvy. So like what happened in COVID recently. So many yeah. things went topsy-turvy. That means be pragmatic. If you have to tweak your business plans, so be it. If you have to tweak your approach to market, so be it. Be ready to do all these things. So listen to the market, listen to various people, but finally do what you think is right for the business. So I think pragmatism would be another one. And probably the last one I would really say is be very analytical. So Mm -hmm. why I say that? Because in all our businesses, you know, the devil is in the detail and you have to measure everything. So if you're not measuring stuff, then you'll just go from month to month thinking we're getting better, but you could be pouring in more money. So in most businesses, one of the key metrics is something called conversion. Now, if whether you're in a B2B or B2C business, if your conversion is not improving, and I call it unaided conversion, which is not by throwing money. So, your just conversion is not improving, then that's a bad sign. So, it should be improving hmm. month on month for sure, if not week on week.
0: Uh, Adeep, so MMT is recognized as a great place to work. The industry speaks highly about the culture. What does MMT uh, and how does MMT get its tribe to vibe? Something which we are very, very
1: proud and passionate about, which is our culture. And I think it's a very conscious focus on creating this culture and having the right kind of culture. We do nurture it right from the top. We try to hire for culture. So whenever I hire, I try to look at cultural fit, fit for values. I think that's important. And then right from the top, from founders, from leadership team to senior managers, we like it to percolate down. And I think we spend a lot of time on it. There is, it's not lip service. It's not something which we request HR team to do and tick boxes. It's something we genuinely live for because of a fundamental belief. If you have the right culture, it can be that glue
0: which can take you from good to great. Yeah, so it's it's walk the talk. So you're you're making sure that if you're doing it, this Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. yeah, right. Okay, so so you know you've been the poster boy of the Indian startup community, and you're a source of inspiration for many outside, including you know young entrepreneurs, investors, professionals. They look up to your journey. At this stage, what does success look like for you? Right, if I ask you deep, how do you feel at this point after twenty years of being in the business, in doing this for such a long time?
1: Thank you for that. Firstly, I feel very happy and satisfied and proud that taking the company where it is today. I think we are in a very good space. We've come out of something, you know, which was really a a death blow for the travel industry worldwide. Mm. Covid. We've come out of that actually stronger. Mm. So it took us two quarters to get our act together, to cut costs, et cetera, et cetera. And then we came back with a bang and we have, you know, reported seven, profitable quarters after that. So in a row. So I think we've uh, we've tackled that. And again, I have to give a lot of credit to the passion of people around to the team willing to take make personal sacrifices. And that's what I've always seen. What is so special about this company is that people don't extrapolate the, the problem. They're saying, okay, what can I do to help one is putting in you know, more than 100%, but the second is even if a cut is needed, which is unheard of in today's time and mm, we have mm, the money, mm. et cetera. But I found my colleagues being the first to raise up the hand and saying, hey, listen, we're happy to take a cut. Now, that's mm. very huge. It feels great. It feels wonderful because people truly believe in, in what they are doing. So mm. today for me, success is really, uh, if, I, if I'm brief about it, I think it's brand love.
0: Yeah, I'm curious too. So Brian Love is right now, but what about deep in his 30s? Was it the same or was it different? I think I'll have to be, you know, very candid and honest. I think it was slightly
1: different hmm. because in the 30s, I started the company when I was just about 30. So at that point of time, I think, well, we went through that horrible, tough time in four years. So I think it was survival leading to thrival. So survive and thrive first. That was hmm. success. If you could survive, that was successful. Then if you could make some money, if you could thrive, that was important. But truly one eye was always on customer pain points and delighting our customers so i think that hmm. didn't go away and uh and i think building a company where people are very proud to be working however small it is they walk outside they speak with pride and they say hey listen i'm working for this company hmm. and so that's important because i think brand love starts at home
0: Right. Okay. So coming back to something which is happening now that you're a strong believer and propagator of sustainability and green initiative, right? It's your passion. What yeah. led to the beginning of MMTF? What What has been the journey like?
1: Yeah, the Make My Trip Foundation, which now has actually grown uh, quite, quite well over uh, getting close to a decade now. So very excited about it. So, you know, the thought started long back and actually i think first 15 years ago is when we first did something towards this and the thought was very simple see travel is one of the most fascinating things in life i think travel has many many benefits uh, you know it really helps people become more well rounded appreciate cultures appreciate different people lead to tolerance which i think the world really needs today so travel is mm. much required mm. however there's one downside of travel and that's the only downside i feel of travel which is the carbon footprint and you can't take that away. Not all travel is going to be uh, walking and trekking travel. You will use a vehicle at some point of time. You will use a accommodation outside your house. or you will consume you know, valuable earth resources, et cetera. So there is a carbon hmm. footprint. And if you take hmm. a flight, it's even more. So we hmm. understand how that works. So as a market leader, I think it's almost our responsibility to try to give back and mitigate that carbon footprint even if you can't completely neutralize it which we would love to do mm-hmm. so as long as 15 16 years ago we came up with this idea listen if we could ask for a tiny amount of money as little as 5 rupees from our customers when they make a booking optional mm-hmm. and then we could match it with make my trip funds or internal funds then we could you know work with let's say, a large NGO who focuses on tree planting. And we started work with Seva Seva Mandir, which is a wonderful NGO based mm. in Udaipur and doing mm. work there with uh, local communities and farmers. So we could make an impact. And this did pretty well. So it started then. We're happy to say we've done over 1.1 million trees have been planted with these wow. efforts. Thanks to, thanks to really yeah all of you, all our customers as well as the company. Yeah. And then we took it one step further. And that realization came from the fact that when you look at some of the most amazing and most beautiful parts of India, sure. a lot of them have actually been either denuded of greenery because of too many sure. people going or overcarriage hmm. to these places, overcrowding. We've hmm. really spoiled them. So, you know, earlier on, I mean, in, in, our, in my parents' generation, it was a treat to go to a Masouri, a Nainital and a Shimla up north. Mm. Uh, or a Darjeeling in, in mm. the east or, uh, you know, down south, maybe some, some you know, even Uti etc. Mm. Today, in our time, we realize no one really wants to go there because they're so crowded and people want to go elsewhere. So effectively, we have spoiled these places and we've all mm. done it. Mm. So we've got to figure out a way that as we try to recover them, at least the newer places we don't spoil. And the most recent one is town. So Ladakh yeah. is the most incredible topography on this planet. but laytown is overcrowded and if you've been recently you'll realize how Mm. badly we have kind of put pressure on the resources there and spoiled laytown and that's the gateway to get into ladakh so we have to ensure this doesn't happen so we started working with foundations on the ground there or other ngos on the ground so Mm. in ladakh we work with sonam Manchuk's foundation hial in northeast we work with wwf on um, some very interesting initiatives like eco eco cafes the initiative in Ladakh is actually around this uh, super fast plantation method. It's come from Japan. It's called Miyawaki Plantation. And mm-hmm. we are helping that. That could change the the topography and the look of Ladakh in a few years and, and make sure that flash floods don't happen all the time and it doesn't yeah. become a you know, cold desert that it is, we can actually improve that with greenery, even improve Mm. the oxygen. So he has Mm. some amazing plans. And Mm. in different parts of the country, in Uttarakhand, we are working with a couple of very good NGOs, including Tata Trust, but also waste Mm. warriors around sewage and Mm. those problems. So we typically like to work with high tourism potential areas, Mm. but underdeveloped, so poor areas. And so that is our kind of intersection where we come in and we have realized what we are good at is, uh, you know, helping sometimes strategize, but we are not that great at working on the ground because we're an internet company, but we can definitely help with funding and then review it from time to time. And we continue to work with Seva Mandir and a few other planting agencies. So that's what we've found. And obviously we can do more. We are also working closely with our accommodation partners, both hotels and homestays, Uh to encourage the use of uh, a lot of greener practices. And we are looking at now some kind of scoreboard um, and and a rating, which is a true green rating, uh, which because now we have consumers who want to choose these places. So all things being equal, you might have consumers saying, hey, I'd rather be in someone who's a responsible, corp- uh, you know, citizen, corporate yeah. citizen, and I'd rather stay somewhere where they're ta- making a better use of uh, water, electricity, plastic, all these things. Mm-hmm. And again, I think we walked the talk. We went single-use, plastic-free <laughs> as a company, I think it's been uh, probably now seven or eight years, So, and we're yeah. very proud of that. So yeah, we, we believe in our most exciting project is actually, I think, in the Andamans, huh. just before COVID. Um, we had envisaged this, that, you know, the real problem with the Andamans is that a lot of single-use plastic is there and ruining our oceans and beaches. But mm-hmm. People need to drink water when they travel. So what's the alternative? Mm-hmm. Interestingly, groundwater was potable, drinkable, and not very low. So we went, we started with Neal Island right next mm-hmm. to Havelock. Mm-hmm. And we set up water ATMs. And we worked with mm-hmm. the best in the business to set up these water ATMs. So for one rupee, you can actually mm-hmm. refill your reusable bottle and we give those bottles uh, which is uh, the kind of bottles which are not uh, chucked away they are multi-use wow. and uh, and the the atm is managed by uh, local women so it's yeah, typically yeah. local women from there They also run, along with it, uh, clean toilets, shower facility, changing facilities for women on the popular beaches. Mm. And it's really been well-received. And I would love to take it. We got a lot of government support. The chief secretary came and inaugurated that. And Mm. they have banned now the smallest plastic bottles because they are the most Mm. harmful. Mm. And we are hopeful that we can take this to Havelock and eventually to Port Blair. And imagine uh, uh, ridding the entire archipelago of
0: all single-use plastic. We can be a game-changer there. So, Deep, thank you uh, very much for answering my questions in detail, but let's shift our focus to your, my, let's say, rapid fires, right? Crisp answers, and I'll ask you, just give me that answer quickly, right? What motivates you?
1: I think the untrodden path, the unknown, a challenge, probably a pursuit of excellence.
0: Lovely. And three skills or traits that you look for in an individual?
1: I typically look for own point of view. So I really like people having their point of view who can kind of then hold on to it, which comes out of confidence. Intellectual integrity. I think that's really important. And finally, a sense of humor.
0: (laughs) And next decade, what does that look like to you?
1: Well, I think the next decade is going to be amazing. Firstly, I think it belongs to India. So it's going to be amazing for India. I really believe it'll be the golden age of travel and online travel. So it's, it's a super promising next decade.
0: And what are the three words you want young professionals to live by in this fast-paced world? I
1: would like to see young professionals firstly be very sincere in whatever they're doing. Like do it sincerely, whatever it is, put everything into it. Live up to your potential. You know, don't, don't just like say, okay, we'll take it easy, casually. And uh, I think be very genuine. I think that's really important going forward. Like, you know, stand for your beliefs, be genuine.
0: Uh, don't just kind of, you know, toe the toe the line. And finally, how do you define the spirit of every goat tripper in, in three words?
1: So I would like every goat tripper, and I think most of them are. I can't guarantee each and every, but hopefully I would like every goat tripper to be passionate. And I think most of them are very passionate. Uh, I think their spirit is infectious. I have seen that whether at work or at play, I see how infectious it is. And finally, I think uh, it's the camaraderie. And going back to the culture point, I think we, we do play up the fact that listen, we are in this together. So I see go most of them being like that. Like when something great happens, it's everyone's credit. It's not like one person, so they don't take all the glory. So I'm very, I'm very happy for that.
0: That's nice. That's very nice. Well, uh, thank you very, very much. You've been candid and open about all the things what MMT is doing and and the kind of things which are coming for all of us who use MMT. So thank you very much for being part of the MMT podcast. Entirely my pleasure. It's been wonderful chatting with you, Dhanesh. Thank you. And with that, uh, we wrap up today's podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And while we are signing off, we'll be back with another episode soon. If you like today's podcast, do like the like button. Till then, follow us for more updates. And this was Stanish with you. Thank you.